Welcome to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. This ain't your grandma's podcast. Welcome back to the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. This is your host, Aaron Batty. I'm not going to be doing most of what I normally do on a podcast episode as I'm just trying to get back on the horse right now. Haven't had a podcast episode in a couple of weeks. Try to put one out every other week on Tuesdays, but some stuff happened recently and it's really got me out of my routine. So I'm just trying to get you some content out here and it kind of relates to everything that's been going on. I call this episode, episode 11, what Wayne Wiles taught me about evangelism. A while back, somebody asked me to do a bit on evangelism and how to evangelize. There was somebody I wanted to get on the podcast in order to talk about that, but here recently I've been thinking a lot about a good friend of mine, Wayne Wilds, who just passed away, and thinking about some of the stuff that he taught me. And while as not all of this has to do with evangelism per se, he did teach me a lot of things that will help anybody be a better evangelist. And by that I don't mean that you're you know you were ordained to the office of an evangelist in the church, but just as a as a Christian. Do your work of evangelism. Um, so we're going to talk about, again, those things that he taught me, and there are basically four different things, four different tips. We'll walk through those. This is going to be very relaxed. Sometimes I'll edit the audio and all that. This is just going to be pretty much raw, uncut audio, and we're not going to have the normal segments that we do. So no Bible story night. This is the main dish. No foot and mouth syndrome. I just wanted to get some content out there to you guys, and I did want to share this stuff. Now, if you're listening to this episode, there's probably a 50-50 chance that you know who Wayne Wilds is, and maybe you know about what just recently happened. About two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago today, or yesterday, um, Wayne is a member of the Chapel Grove Church of Christ where I preach at, but he's a longtime friend, uh, like family to, to me and my family from Georgia, where I grew up. And he was driving across, he was trying to cross Highway 43 here in Summertown, Tennessee, and he was hit by a large RV slash bus, and it killed him immediately. Um, That was obviously very unexpected. So the last two weeks, I've been dealing with that, you know, know, myself, uh, also trying to help his family, his wife, his uh, son, those that are very close to him. I was very close to Wayne growing up. He taught me how to fish. I went on lots of fishing trips with Wayne. He taught me everything there was about fishing, I suppose. And a lot of that I had kind of forgotten because I haven't actually been fishing with him in a couple of years. He and his wife and son just moved up, I think it was last September about. They moved up to this area to go to church at the Chapel Grove Church of Christ, mentioned before, and they had not been here that long. So I hadn't had a chance to actually go fishing again with him. I was really looking forward to that. There's lots of things that I was looking forward to doing with him. There's lots of stuff that he was looking forward to that he would talk about. And amidst all of that, I've just been thinking about him a lot. And some of the things that you can learn from him, if you were to just really think about who he was and what kind of described him, is what I take away as things that really, if you, if you think about it, will help you in evangelism. So we do want to keep this on theme. We're not just going to make this a tribute to Wayne. We do want to keep it on theme something to do with Bible study or, in this case, evangelism. So if you didn't know Wayne, let me just give you a little quick introduction. 
Uh, Wayne was very redneck. He had a very twangy voice, uh, southern accent from Macon, Georgia, that area at least. And um, he would, Wayne was very unique. He could talk to anybody. That's actually one of the things that I want to bring out as a point to take away is that he would talk to anybody and everybody. Um, and so let's, I guess you can just get right into that. The first thing that I think he taught me was that very point is to talk to everybody. Now I'm kind of introverted myself and it's, it's weird. Like I'm introverted. I can be extroverted, but I think that pretty much describes a lot of people when you're in a comfortable environment and you are, at least you relate with the majority of the people in the room, you know, the majority of the people in the room you have very strong commonalities with them, then it's a lot easier to be extroverted and a lot more easier to be comfortable and to go up somebody and introduce yourself. But when you are the unknown in the room and everybody else has the commonality and you're on the outside looking in, then it's a lot more easy to become introverted, to stay shelled in. Well, Wayne, it didn't really matter if he was the lone individual or he was with the group as it were. He just didn't care. I mean, not even that he didn't care. He enjoyed talking to people genuinely and getting to know them. So it really did not matter if he didn't know anybody in the room. He was going to go up to him and talk to him. And one of the things that if you ever uh, were to go to Cracker Barrel, which he liked to go to Cracker Barrel and eat there a lot, or Waffle House, we'd sit down or we'd walk by somebody and he would look at him and whatever was on their plate and say, you going to eat all that? And that was just his way of sparking the conversation. And a lot of the things that he said, you know, he would say that all the time. You're going to eat all that? A lot of it was intentional. And, and he had these little phrases that he would use over and over and over. If you were around him, you knew what those were. Um, and he would use those to spark the conversation just to get a conversation rolling, see if anything came of it. And, and sometimes he'd be talking and you could tell the person that he was talking to was just like, let me get back to my meal. But a lot of times those people, you know, they were interested how many people actually do that? How many people just talk to you who don't know who you are? In our society, generally, the, the friendliness factor has gone down to where one of the, this is kind of related. So I live in the South still. I grew up in the South. Tennessee is the South. I lived in Oklahoma, the Midwest, for a while. And I moved there when I was 16. And when I moved away from Wayne Lisa there in Georgia, moved to Oklahoma, it became apparent to me that people were not as friendly. Like back in Georgia, people wave at each other going down the road. You don't know who they are, especially on country roads. People will just stick your finger up, wave at you. <laughs> By that, you know, they, they, you know how the one index finger up is like, hey, how you doing? They say two index fingers are, um, hey, how you doing? Hope you're having a good day. And <laughs> when you stick your whole hand up, it's like, hey, tell your mama I said hi. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's how kind of the code is in the South. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but in Oklahoma and the further out you go West, people just, they don't talk to you unless they are talked to. And so that um, kind of rubbed off on me to where I became less extroverted because I wasn't around Wayne as much and just because I assimilated to the culture around me. Coming back to Tennessee, people are friendlier in the country portions where pretty much I live now love living here uh, just because of that. People generally are more friendly at the store or whatever. But even still, you know, in the city of Lawrenceburg where I live, you go into Kroger and you cross somebody in the aisle, they may or may not talk to you. They may or may not just say something friendly when you make eye contact. 
it's more likely to happen than in other places that you live. But still, you have to make that effort. And Wayne always made that effort to be friendly just because. Um, now, he did like to talk, and I don't like to talk as much as Wayne did. In fact, uh, he came and he came over to my house the Tuesday before he passed away, and we sat there for five hours just in my living room and talked. And he did about four and a half hours of the talking. <laughs> uh, that was Wayne loved to talk. Now, I don't love to talk that much uh, or as much. And so I'm very liable to be talking with somebody and just uh, trying to listen to, you know, if, sometimes I struggle with uh, what do I ask this person to get them to talk to say. Sometimes I try to just talk so that there's not that awkward silence and all that. But as a general rule, I don't just love to talk like Wayne did. Well, you don't have to love to talk, but you do have to be purposeful and you do need to be purposeful about just being friendly to people, genuinely interested in the people. And when you do that, people, you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have windows to share the gospel. And if you're not friendly, then that's going to be a lot harder. That's where we reverted back to the digital age and reaching people on digital ads and stuff on social media. And that personal touch is not there anymore because we've assimilated to our culture and we just don't, we aren't friendly as much. So I went back to Georgia when I was in college. Some, I mean, not every year would I go back to Georgia, but most years I would try to go back to Georgia and visit Wayne and Lisa and um, I remember after I left there, you know, I go with him on his job sites. I try to go whenever there was an opportunity we could go on a fishing trip. But sometimes I just went and we couldn't go fishing. He had to work. So I go with him on his job sites and he's talking to everybody. And so when he's talking to somebody that I don't have a clue who they are and he really doesn't have a clue who they are, I end up talking to that person. And so by the end of the trip, I was talking to a lot of people that I would not have done that on my own. On a, that was just not me. I wasn't going to do that. But around Wayne, I did that. And by the time I left, it re it renewed in me the desire to to be that, to be genuinely talkative and friendly to people, to just have conversations. I mean, even if you're don't even have a, an evangelistic goal per se, but just try to be somebody that's genuinely talkative. And then as the opportunity comes in, um, be evangelistic. But either way, it's just a good quality to have. It really is. You don't have to be annoying, but just to be friendly. People really do. Uh, appreciate that, but it takes some, you know, a little bit of risk on your part to put yourself out there and the chance that maybe they think you're weird and all that. And that's what keeps us from doing that regularly. But if you do it all the time and it becomes habit and you just truly are friendly, then it really doesn't matter, you know, if they reciprocate that or not. So I would just encourage you to be friendly. Now we're going to move on to the Next point here in just a second, and um, we're not going to spend as much time on every single point. This won't be a terribly long episode, I don't think. But one of the evidences of his friendliness and the effects of that was at his funeral to me. At the graveside, I there was this guy that I didn't recognize. He was an older gentleman. And so I was just trying to meet people and make him feel welcome and just try to figure out who they were. And this guy said that he only knew Wayne for about four hours. And I was thinking... Well, wow, you only knew Wayne for four hours, and you're here at his funeral. Like, tell me more. And he told me that he, this gentleman, I think his name was Dwight. I have it written down somewhere. He was camping in North Georgia. He and his wife camped up there every year for long periods. And Wayne's uh, sister and brother-in-law would camp up there for like six months at a time as well. Well, this man, I think we'll just call him Dwight, he had a mother who was very old and feeble there at the campsite. 
and Wayne's sister had told them that, hey, my brother Wayne plays the guitar, he and his son Jesse, and they would, they'll come up here and play for him if we'll ask him to come. So sure enough, Marilyn called up Wayne, and, and he said, yeah, you know, we'll come up there, and, and Wayne and Jesse come up there and played for this man's mother, a guitar and sang. Um, if you ever listen to Wayne sing, you know, he's not going to win any awards probably, but I enjoyed it. He had a good voice, you know, as far as I was concerned. He sang with, with his heart, and it just sounded good, even if it wasn't American Idol. And uh, he did that, and just that time that he spent to drive all that way, it was probably two, three hours to drive up there, and that effort to be friendly and to just be a, a genuinely nice person affected that man so much that he came to Wayne's funeral. And he, he had to drive a couple hours to get there, but he did it because he was that touched. I thought that was pretty impressive. There was another couple from southern Georgia that Wayne did a lot of work for him. He was a carpenter, and I remember he uh, he became friends with the man. I won't mention him by name in case they're embarrassed and they hear this by chance, but they drove five hours and stayed in a hotel overnight to come to Wayne's funeral. And, you know, people might do that if it was their family member, but people don't typically do that for just a friend. But these people did that because that's the kind of impact and the type of a friend that Wayne was and had an effect on them. So I just want to give those as evidences of, of what effect it has on people when you are truly interested and friendly. I'm not an expert at this. I'm telling you this, what I've learned from Wayne and what he inspires me still today to be and do um, in just being a better person. The next thing that I'll bring up is talking. Actually, not. let's uh, skip that one and come back to it. Um, focus on your strengths. Focus on your strengths. One of Wayne's favorite books, now he read the Bible um, if you went to his bathroom, he had books laid open and he had the Bible laid open. He would read, <laughs> he would read on the toilet. That was one of the jokes I had, uh, did a little roast on him while back, while back. And, um, one of the books that really he would talk about if he wasn't talking about the Bible was how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Wayne read that twice. He told me maybe even three times. And he would always talk about, Dale Carnegie's book. <laughs> but then if you think about it, you're like, Wayne, why do you need to read How to Win Friends and Influence People when you're like the most friendly person in the world? But that was a testament to he wanted to be better at his strength, and he wanted to truly practice on that craft. And that's truly something to think about. You're not going to be good at everything. And maybe your major is not uh, that you're the most friendly person in the world. Maybe you have lots of things that work against that, like you have really bad trouble with anxiety and being in crowds and all sorts of stuff like that maybe. But whatever your strength is, you know, whether that is talking to people, whether that is, let's focus on the church, teaching at church, whether it's visiting people, helping people with the needs that they have, physical or spiritual, um, whatever the case may be, go down the list. Find out what your strength is, and then major on your strength. I can't. I think it was Les Brown. I was listening to a motivational speaker a while back, and I don't know if he made this story up, but he said it makes sense. He was talking about a coach who took over this baseball team, and the coach was talking to the different players. He came to one of the pitchers, and he said, what's your best pitch? And the pitcher said, well, you know, I have a curveball and a fastball, and I have a, a changeup. And the coach said, no. 
I want you to tell me what is your best pitch. And so the pitcher is thinking about it. And he said, well, I have a pretty good fastball. And so the coach told him, he said, that's what I want you to work on. I don't want you to work on anything else but your fastball for the rest of spring training or, or whatever offseason prep they were in. So the pitcher did that, and the pitcher the next year led them to a World Series title. He didn't tell the team. I'm not even sure this is a real story, but even if it's not, it's a true fact of life that if you will major on your strengths, you will uh, result or you will take away the most potential that you have in whatever area of practice that you were talking about. So the motto, what's your fastball and major on your fastball is something that I'll say from now on that you'll, you'll now know what I'm talking about, focusing on your strength. And Wayne did that whenever he read that book. He read it twice. He was already a friendly person, but that's something that he was like, if you could think of what was he the best at, I would say Wayne was the best at talking to people. And it, he wanted to be better at that. And he did. He wanted to use that as a way to share the gospel with people. And, and he did good at that. So I would encourage you to find what is your strength in the church. Major on that. You can work on other stuff too. There's nothing wrong with that. You do need to get better. You know, everybody does need to evangelize. And that may not be your strength, but you do need to work on that. At the end of the day, though, be majoring on what your true strength really is. Another thing that Wayne taught me was to, you know, all the time, talk Bible. Talk Bible with people, especially the people that you are around all the time. We can get into ruts and routines of just talking about monotonous, meaningless stuff. But... All the time, Wayne was talking Bible. Now, he would get obsessive about stuff, too. And to say that, to, to evidence that, the last month, Wayne had been working on this sermon on forgiveness. And he had a notepad, and, and every single time, if I called him up on the phone, I would call him up at least once a week, uh, he would always bring up this sermon that he was working on. He'd be either restating some point that he already stated 15 times, but it was on his mind, and he was he would ask me what I thought about it. He wanted to hear what I thought about this or that. If we met each other at church and we were talking for more than two seconds, he would bring up this subject of forgiveness again on the Bible. Um, when he came over to my house for those five hours, we talked about forgiveness some more. Um, he was a little bit obsessive at times, but he was always taking the conversation in a direction of the Bible. And he would do this with people that weren't necessarily members of the church, too. And that's an opportunity to open the window for b biblical discussion and the gospel. But if you will think about how many conversations that you have with brothers and sisters that, again, are just meaningless, when somebody is taken from you as quickly as Wayne was, then it makes you think, at least it makes me think about those conversations. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have conversations about stuff that's not necessarily important but relatable, because we do need to relate to people and each other. And it's hard to have a biblical conversation when you have absolutely nothing in common with that person. It's hard to have an influential effect on them. So there is a benefit to being interested in things like sports and all that. But if the only thing that you talk about is like sports and just non-consequential stuff, then at the end of the day, you die, and people ask, what was that person known for? And if there is no spiritual conversation happening regularly in your conversation with people, they'll read your obituary, and it will have nothing to do with this person loved God, and he loved God's Word, and he loved the church and all that. 
but people could say that about Wayne because he loved to talk the Bible. I was talking to Jackie Calvert on Sunday, and Jackie had just helped Wayne with some improvement projects on a little house he was working on. And Jackie would tell me, you know, he said uh, that he just would go over there with Wayne, and he was retired. He didn't have to, but he went to help Wayne out uh, every day for about three weeks on this house. And Wayne was always telling some story, but most of the time he was talking the Bible. And that's just how it was. If you were around Wayne, you were going to be talking the Bible. Even if you didn't know anything about the Bible or you didn't necessarily even want to talk about it, he would always take the direction there. And as a result, he talked to a lot of people about inviting them to church, invited them um, to come visit us, he would say, and spend some time with us. And that's something that we could definitely do more of. And a lot of times we don't want to talk to the Bible. I say this from experience. You get hesitant to bring up the Bible with people who you don't know. But just make it casual conversation and just make it part of what you do. Um, that takes practice. And this is something that I have to intentionally practice, and I'm, I'm going to intentionally practice this as a result of walking the walk of what I'm talking to y'all guys here. I'm trying to be better, trying to be more like Wayne in this respect. Um, just try to bring it up with the person that you see regularly in the grocery store, or maybe it's where you go to get coffee. Like in my situation, I go to this coffee shop a lot. Or go to the gym. There's a couple of guys at the gym that we always talk Bible. Try to try to make those people that you have regular contact with, turn those into biblical conversations. Um, and that's where you can practice this. And then the fourth, ta- fourth thing that I'll bring up that Wayne was really good at that taught me it, more about evangelism and just how to treat people was to spend time with people and putting an emphasis on spending time with people. This is perhaps the one that I've thought about the most really. So I've, I've left it for last, but the importance of spending time with people, he would call me up from time to time when I lived in Oklahoma and he'd say, come on out and see me when you come out, see me. And his wife actually reminded me, Lisa reminded me, uh, when we were at their house following the funeral that she said, who, who at, uh, ever did Wayne call you up and say, come out and see me? Or he would say, come out and see me and I'll pay for your gas to get back when you're done. And, and that was a genuine offer. He had offered me that before and he, he just wanted you to come and spend time with him. And that was important to him. It was also manifested in how many people said that Wayne would just call him up and talk to him periodically. He was good about that. Spending time with people, if it's long distance on the phone, just to chat. If there's no other point than just to chat and just let them know that you were thinking about them and that you just want to talk to them. That's important. That really touch a, touches the person's uh, heart, and, and it's truly something that uh, people appreciate. And there's a difference between doing this as a matter of flattery and doing this out of a genuine heart. And Wayne did it out of the genuine heart, and I'm encouraging you to do that, not out of flattery. Um, but I noticed since ever Wayne and Lisa moved up here last year in September-ish that I hadn't spent as much time with him as I had wanted to. And so in the last month, really more the last three, four weeks that he was alive, I, um, I had them over to my home. I, I thought, I'm going to put more emphasis on just taking the time and spending time with them, invite them over for dinner one night. Um, one Sunday afternoon, just went over to their camper to, uh, where they were living, just visit with him. We visited for like three hours that Tuesday following was the Tuesday where he came to my house for five hours and we just spent time talking and that's all it was 
just time together. Because when you get to the end of life and that person is taken from you and you realize that, wow, yeah, you, you're a really busy person and you might've gotten a lot done in whatever you do for work or whatever. But then when those people are taken from you and you didn't take the time to spend with them, just time, then you can say that I love you, but when you spend that time with them, that's when it really lets them know that you do love them. And I was glad that we got to have that time spent together toward the end there, but I really wish that I had started that before and not waited till the end. Um, nonetheless, I do think that it has been effectual to me that, um, that I started doing that toward the end so that when he was taken away, um, it really brought to light the importance of spending time with people for me. And so if, if there's people out there that you know that you need to spend time with, people close to you, people not close to you, uh, do that and just make the effort. to. You just got to do it. A lot of times we're really busy, but you're always going to be busy. And there's a lot of things that don't have to get done today. They can wait till tomorrow because tomorrow is not even guaranteed. And you have to just remember that. And with the passing of Wayne tragically in that car accident two years ago, not even two years ago, Tory Blake was taken away. Uh, he, he also went to church with us and he was killed in a tragic car accident. Same way. Almost, it was almost identical. Um, he, Tory was a lot younger too. You know, Wayne was 61. Tory was like 36. Both these people did not expect to be driving down the road and killed just like they were so quickly. And they were ripped from our lives. And whenever Tory died, it just made me think nothing, nothing really else matters, you know? A lot, of, a lot of the stupid stuff that we focus on and spend time and talk about, it doesn't matter. And then when Wayne died, it just reiterates that for me. A lot of this junk just doesn't matter. And so, for example, like when I'm at church and I'm leading a song and my, I'm worried about my voice squeaking, and it actually did squeak on Wednesday, <laughs> it doesn't matter that it squeaked. And just sing with all your might, even if you know you're going to squeak, because well, so what if you do? What if it's embarrassing? What, what if people think, well, wow, that was embarrassing? It doesn't matter. Like, they're not going to remember that next week, probably not even in the next two hours. So who cares? Just sing with all your might. That's, that kind of came out of nowhere. I'm just talking about stuff that doesn't matter, things that we let limit us, that truly, at the end of the day, if you were taken or that person is taken in a tragic car accident or some other way, or Jesus comes back again, a lot of the stuff that we let keep us from doing what we know we need to be doing. It's silly. It doesn't matter. Talk to the person in the restaurant. Hey, you're going to eat all that. (laughs) Spend time with people, even if it means that you don't get everything done on your to-do list. Talk Bible instead of talking about monotonous, stupid stuff all the time. And in the process, measure on your strengths because you, you can glorify God with your strengths more than you can not wasting your time, but spending it on the stuff that is really, you're never going to be truly strong at. Spend a little bit of time on the stuff that are your weaknesses to improve those, of course, but really focus on your strength so you can make the most gains out of your ability and character. Well, that's all I got. We could go on more. I could tell you Wayne stories more, but um, not going to do that. So if you didn't know Wayne, I hope that this relates him to you in such a way that you can learn from him a little bit the way that I have. And if you did know Wayne, I hope that you just 
simply enjoyed listening to talking about him. Uh, perhaps it's therapeutic for you. I still think of him a lot, and I miss him every day. I hope that this inspires you to learn from the same things and same parts about him that I learned from. I consider him a man of God. I consider him a best friend. And out of all of that, somebody that I can look back to as an example of somebody that I want to be like. Well, that's all we got on this episode. Next episode should be either an interview with Trevor Calvert on habit forming or Chance Dyer on things that he has learned since becoming a Christian. One of those two will be the next episode. I'm not sure. We're going to be recording a couple of interviews next week. So we'll see you next time on the 5-Minute Bible Study Podcast. 